Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and world agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren, and I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday and standing right, actually sitting right in front of me to my left-ish is our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything that you missed, you can subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, Throughout the show, we will be offering our retirement rescue game plan. You might be asking yourself, what is a retirement rescue game plan? Well, that is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threaten your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books. You'll get a few different financial reports and access to my webinar entitled, Taxes in Retirement. And you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. Once again, that's warrenwealth.net. You go to that site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door via USPS. Once again, all you have to do to get the game plan is go to warrenwealth.net. That is warrenwealth.net. Now, let's get started. So, um, in the middle of, we are in the middle of the December. I am just coming uh, off of a weekend where my son uh, turned, or he just had his, his, his birthday, and he is 11 years old now. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's a growing, uh, growing boy, and he had a, a birthday party and a sleepover, um, and they all left um, uh, early uh, in the morning. And uh, here I am, uh, ready to to do this 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 show. Um, up and I'm up and at them. I'm, I made my world famous, by the way. Uh, yeah. Chocolate chip pancakes. Just gonna ask, did you give them some breakfast? Which they enjoyed, mm-hmm. and you know that's how uh, that's how we do it around here. You know, nice. I'm just uh, I'm a professional like that. But world uh, famous. World famous. If okay. you don't know, now okay. you know. Now you know. Not just like Kentucky or uh, this no. general area. It's the world. The U.S. All over the world. We're talking about Midwest. from Delaware to Darfur to uh, London. Okay. And, uh, Liberia. Uh, Liberia. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, Russia. Okay. Yeah. All those spots. Gotcha. Anyway, let's get to the show. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. All right, so let's talk a little bit about um, doing it yourself. Because, you know, we've all heard the phrase uh, many a times that when you want something done right, you need to do it yourself. And... My question is, because I see a lot of this lately, and really a, a lot of the um, uh, the marketing and things uh, uh, pretty much pump this up, is should you do it yourself when it comes to your retirement, your investments, and your finances? Well, I want to talk about I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that, especially because I speak to a lot of people and I run into a lot of uh, these do-it-yourselfers who, um, you know, try to manage their investments and or their retirement on their own and being a fiduciary uh, retirement planner and a a financial planner, um, you know, it's always just interesting to me um, why there are, you know, this this, uh, swath of people who think that they can can do it themselves. And really, you know, I, 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 I really assume that you know, a, a lot of people who, who are successful um, are, um, or sometimes even maybe not successful, however anyone defines success. But, you know, I figured that they're, you know, kind of guilty of wanting to manage their retirement, their wealth, mm-hmm. um, or their investments on their own. And, you know, I, 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 I try to analyze these things. I take a step back and I think that, you know what, you know, I, I do think that, you know, if 
um, you know, these natural leaders or, or people who have been successful, uh, they tend to want to do it all for themselves, uh, whether uh, you're a successful engineer, uh, you're a successful, say, doctor, uh, help, uh, business owner, plumber, um, lawyer, whatever that may be, you may be successful in that particular field, but that doesn't mean that you're an expert in financial planning or retirement planning. Um, and I always try to uh, break it down like this and, and use this uh, um, analogy or, or, or this comparison. So you have these, these uh, top uh, athletes and business people who are top in their industries. And so let's use Steph Curry. Um, we can use Tom Brady. Um, we can use a lot of these, these athletes, even Michael Jordan. They all still had advisors. They all still had trainers that were still helping them towards their peak performance, Serena Williams, Mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature. And yes, could they have trained or done things on their own? And the answer is probably yes, but they still understood the value of having a good advisor or a good uh, coach who could guide them along the way. Because a lot of times when... You're doing things on your own. A lot of times you can be close to the situation and it can create these blind spots and you have to understand or know uh, uh, how to navigate those blind spots. And if you're just doing it yourself, a lot of times you can't see uh, a lot of those things. And when you're a do-it-yourselfer, especially in regards to your money, especially in regards to your investments, you can really tend to be um, pretty close to that situation and not make what I call good or rational uh, decisions. And think about this too. You know, I was just, I, you know, I, I just named athletes who still know the value of having an advisor and or a coach to, to help, help them out. Think about this. Warren Buffett, right? Warren Buffett, let, 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 let's bring it back to finance. Warren Buffett, he has, by, by the way, Warren Buffett, if you don't know who he is, he's one of the most successful investors uh, that we've had uh, here in the U.S. And uh, he runs Berkshire Hathaway. And, um, but he, he has a financial advisor, right? He, he has a broker that, that he utilizes. And so he even understands uh, the importance of, of having uh, someone who, who can guide them along. Um, and, you know, and it's like this, you know, when lawyers, Let's uh, jump to, to lawyers, and I'm okay. jumping all over the place now Uh-oh. because I just okay. I, because I just want people to understand the value of an advisor, um, and and or a coach. When a lawyer or an attorney gets into a little pickle, mm-hmm. and they need to go to court, mm-hmm. most of the time, you know what they do? They don't represent themselves, although they probably could. You know what they end up doing? Yeah, they end up hiring another lawyer because they know the value of that outside or whatever representation, right? Because they understand that, and I and, and I think that that's what a lot of do-it-yourselfers uh, um, need need to to realize because there are a lot of things um, uh, that can happen if you try to manage uh, your investments or your retirement um, um, yourself. So, um, I want to talk about uh, some of the mistakes that that I see people make when they try to manage their own their their, their own money. And the first thing is this, and I'm looking at time here, and I'm going to just, I'm really, I'm just going to focus on this one thing now, and then we'll get into the rest later. So the first thing or the first mistake that I see that happens when people try to manage their own money is this, is that they think that information is knowledge. Say that again. They think that information is knowledge. What do I mean by that? Well, basically, they mean this. Well, I mean this is that um, right now there's a lot of information out there, right? There's um, the internet, the Google machine, um, there's CNBC, Fox Business, the Wall Street Journal, Money Magazine, all these publications and things that just give you all these blogs, financial blogs, YouTube, Facebook groups that just give you a bunch of information, right? But information is not knowledge. We are drowning in a sea of information. Information is not knowledge. What knowledge is, it's the interpretation of that information. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you this 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 quick uh, example here. It, it, it's like this. It's like when um, so um, I have a uh, a brother who who is you know he he recently retired from from playing basketball overseas and uh, he is trying to jump into to, to the real estate game and um, and so as he jumped into the real estate game he he's 
trying to collect. He's collecting, or he has collected a lot of information, right? A lot of information. Um, and, I, and I see this with people who go to college or um, uh, they're going for their PhD or their master's degree, whatever that may be. Um, and I really, I, I saw, I, I see it more with, not with the kids who go from high school to college to law school or high school to college and they get, they get in their NBA. It's generally, I see it generally amongst people who, you know, go to high school. Uh, maybe they didn't, maybe they don't go to college, but they start working or they go to high school and college and they start working for a, for a while and they're working in an environment and then they go back to school to learn marketing or they go back to school because they get the tuition assistance from their, their, their employer and they go back to school to learn whatever. And they're getting all this information. And after their first four classes of marketing, they come back with all these ideas and all this information on how we can market. I know how to market uh, 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 MCI WorldCom, you know, because I, I've taken four marketing classes and I got all this information. And now I know the key to how we can grow this business. And it's like, pump the brakes, kid, or pump the brakes, uh, uh, whomever, uh, you know, who just, you know, got, went, went back to college with uh, tuition assistance. It's like, you just have a lot of information. It's not knowledge yet. You have to apply that knowledge. You have to, you have to interpret that information. You have to actually apply the knowledge. You have to go through the bumps and the bruises that happen when you actually find out if it's applicable. Cause there's theory and there's, and then there's application. And so most do-it-yourselfers with investments, they're getting a lot of theory. They're getting all this information and they don't really know how it really should apply or how it even applies to their specific situation. They, you know, when you learn something new, you think you got it all, all just wrapped up and you know what's going on and it can derail your investment strategy, can derail your retirement because a lot of these things, a lot of this information that's out there, you don't even know if it really applies to your specific situation until you do it. And then a lot of times when you're doing it and you're uh, applying it to your retirement right out of the gates or you're applying it to your investment strategy right out of the gates and it doesn't work, sometimes you can't afford to make a mistake with your investments or with your retirement just because you got some information from a university you took a real estate class online or you went to a real estate seminar or you went to a Facebook group. These things might not apply to you. Like I'm saying, information is not knowledge. True knowledge is information and the application. I'm sorry. Knowledge is the interpretation and the application of that information. And if you can understand those things, then you will be better off. I am not done talking about this subject, but we have to take a break. Coming up next, we're going to dive into this rabbit hole a little bit deeper. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. I love this song. Let me see this what voice. Is like on a Jupiter and Mars. Of course, this is, if you don't know, this In is Frank words, Sinatra. Hold my hand. Oh, yeah. Song, uh, it's Fly Me to the Moon. Came out in 1964. And why are we playing this song? He was born on this day in 1915. 1915. Jeez. That's fantastic. It's so good. Yes, it is. Anyway, it's a good song. I love the Rat Pack. I have um, I've studied the history of the Rat Pack. I have a lot of Rat Pack paraphernalia in my home. Okay. Videos, posters, um, uh, or pictures, even framed, and all that good stuff. With uh, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, all those, uh, Sammy Davis. Oh, you gotta just, you gotta just love it. It's just all, all good stuff. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. And okay, so 
we left off the last segment and we were talking about do-it-yourselfers. And I was talking about how information is not knowledge, but one of the uh, biggest mistakes that people make when they try to manage their own money is they think that information is is knowledge when uh, it's really not. And I gave examples of um, you know um, people who uh, get a lot of information and they think that they're knowledgeable of it right away. And a lot of times that's, that's just not uh, the case. And so what are some other um, mistakes that people who try to manage their own money make? Um, I think uh, another, another uh, uh, mistake that, that people make is that they try to, um, is that they speculate and they gamble um, with their uh, portfolios and their investments. What do I mean by that? Basically what I mean by that is the fact that, you know, people, when you are, in, when the average individual investor, um, and I use that term investor lightly, by the way, uh, when they decide to put their money in a, a stock or a mutual fund, whatever it may be. Bitcoin. Uh, but yeah, Bitcoin, exactly. It's generally, you know, off of a, a, a hunch or a tip that they got from someone, or it's just based on emotion and it's just that, that fear of missing out. Um, and so uh, I'll give some recent examples of, um, well, the, just like you said, the, uh, the cryptocurrency or the Bitcoin, um, you know, phase that, that, that people are in, um, you know, people start to hear about Bitcoin and this cryptocurrency uh, stuff that's going on and they don't understand it, but people jump into it and they want to invest and that's not investing, that's speculating and gambling, um, I know uh, people who have invested in, what is it, Dogecoin, mm-hmm. right? Dogecoin when uh, uh, Elon Musk was about to be on Saturday Night Live yeah. and you started to hear a bunch about Dogecoin and it was in the news, it was on mainstream media and you saw the price of that uh, investment, investment, you saw the price of that cryptocurrency jump up uh, pretty significantly yes. from, uh, what, three cents to 70 cents, right? Right. And why are you looking directly at me uh, as you're talking about this specific example? I'm just, I, I just, I'm just getting eye contact. Oh, okay. I, d- don't, don't feel, uh, uh, okay. you know, threatened or, uh, guilty. You know, oh, guilty. I mean, what? Yes, yes, exactly. Right. Right. And so, you know, a lot of people were like, Hey, this Dogecoin stuff, let's, it sounds great. Let's, you know, let, let's get in, let's get in. Right. And a lot of people got in and they'd probably, and of course they did not get in when it was three cents or two cents or 10 cents. Right. People generally get in when it's two Late. Most people got in around 50, 60, 70 cents at the top. And right now, um, Dogecoin is right around, I think it's less than than 20 cents, right? And so most people lose money and they haven't made any money. Uh, Same thing with this. uh, My son, Mm -hmm. just to talk about crypto, uh, what's it called? Shiba Shiba Inu. Shiba Mm -hmm. Inu, Mm -hmm. right? Another dog one. (laughs) Another. Investment that people thought that, hey, let, let me get in. I, I'm starting to hear about this. It, it's mainstream. And you jump into this crypto. And, of course, most people have lost money. A matter of fact, look, Robinhood. When mm-hmm. you know Robinhood came into effect, it was this gambling site that uh, uh, came in, into effect in 2020. Oh, I'm sorry. It was not a gambling site. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a, a broker and, and, and an investment app right. that right. you can put on your phone. But most people got into it uh, during the pandemic mm-hmm. um, and because uh, most people were bored and they decided to start and trading. And getting that stimulus money. Yep, getting that stimulus money and they started to trade it. And most day traders, uh, 80% of them lose money. And that's what we have seen in Robinhood because they gamified investing. And so when you try to manage your own money, a lot of times you get caught up in these things and you speculate and you gamble. And the biggest thing is that emotions generally drive the market. And we know that emotions, there's two emotions, it's fear and it's greed. And when you're uh, investing your own money or you're speculating and you're you're gambling your own money, although you might not think you are, you tend to get caught up in those two emotions and it causes you to do the wrong thing at the wrong time and you do it all the time. Now, I'm saying all of that and I know that the listeners, you listeners on the other end, you're saying to yourself or you're yelling at the radio and you are saying this, Marcus, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been investing on my own for the last 10 to 12 years and my portfolio has just gone up and up and up. I know what I'm doing. Shut your mouth, Marcus. 
And you know what? You're right. Your portfolio has gone up for the last 10 to 12 years. You are absolutely right. So I wasted my breath talking about speculation and emotions and uh, the average individual investor, you know, doesn't really know what they're doing. And um, yeah, you're right. However, I will say this. I will say this. Is this is the true hard facts of your investment accounts moving up over the last 10 to 12 years. It has nothing to do with you. You are just a victim. I'm going to say victim. Okay. You, know, you don't use victim in these terms. Mm. Of circumstance. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Of circumstance. 10 to 12 years ago, if I would have thrown a dart at the Wall Street Journal just to pick a stock, it would have landed on whatever stock. You know what? That stock would probably be up. Why? Because the market has just gone up over the last 10 to 12 years. Why? Because we have had what is called quantitative easing. The government has just pumped all this money into uh, the market. We have had all of these bailouts. And there's just are there's been this artificial inflation of the markets over the last 10 to 12 years. And so it doesn't matter what investments you probably were in. Everything has gone up. A rising tide lifts all boats. You are not that smart. You're just not. You haven't done any analysis. You don't know really what you're doing. You've just been lucky. Everybody's been lucky. The last 10 to 12 years, if you think you've, you, you're the next Warren Buffett or Ray Dalio or uh, whomever, you just, you're just lucky. It's just pure happenstance. And speaking of Warren Buffett, what Warren Buffett says, he says this is a rising tide lifts all boats. But once that tide comes in, in, you are going to find out who has been swimming naked. And I dare to say that most people, especially most do-it-yourselfers, have been swimming naked. It's just pure happenstance that, yes, I'm talking about do-it-yourselfers and the average individual investor doesn't know what they're doing and they need some sort of guidance. And most of you are, are, are brushing me off saying, hey, my, my portfolio has been up the last 10 to 12 years. But I'm telling you this, one is once there is a major correction, once all of this artificial inflation of the market stops, what are you gonna, going to do? And are you going to be in a situation where the market starts to, to come back or, or correct and you're a year away from retirement or you're in retirement and the market corrects and now you're down 20, 30 or like in 2008, 50%. What are you going to do? You have to prepare. You have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. And if you've been just in various investments in your various retirement accounts, but you don't have a plan that ties it all together, that is a dangerous place to be in, right? And so as I wrap this uh, segment up, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, Marcus, you're just saying no one can do it on their own because you're a retirement advisor and uh, you want to be able to manage people's money. And, you know, I, I, I think this, that's, that's, not, that's not the case. I'm trying to give you uh, some decent information um, that uh, can help you advance your retirement down the line. And I have seen it time and time again. There are statistics out there that says the stock market historically, we all know that it's average close to 10%. But the average individual investor has averaged about 2%. Almost 3 We'll say two and a half, right? Because I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know it's not more than 3%. Why is that? And it's because of everything that I talked about. Emotions. You speculate and gamble. You, you don't read the headline. You, know, you only read the headlines. You don't read the actual story or listen to the actual story. You don't do research. It's just you, there's FOMO, fear of missing out. Uh, you listen to your neighbor Cletus on a hot stock tip. Um, and you don't, you, you, you're getting your information from social media or these Facebook groups. It just doesn't work out long term. It might work out short term. But trust me, there are numbers, statistics, and data do people still rely on statistics numbers and, and data and facts anymore? Do they listen to that anymore? A lot, a lot of decisions are made on emotion. I think we're, we're emotional beings. Actually, we make a, marketing shows. Yeah. And there we go again. Data oh my and gosh. statistics show. 
Did you see that in a webinar? That, <laughs> that uh, it's all about emotions. It's about emotions, right? Emotions. Yes. Oh. I was going to, here. I was, here's my, my, my quick comment, and I've actually got some statistics to back it up, too. Oh, I so, like statistics. I'm, uh, I think when it comes to your finances, of course, it's very personal, um, you know, and, and everybody, most people have spent the majority of their lives um, handling their finances on their own, whether successfully or not. But y you think about, yes. you know, something else that's personal, like going to the doctor, going to the doctor, that's kind of personal, right? You, I mean, yeah, kind of, right? <laughs> um, yes. Roughly one in five adults gets an annual physical checkup. Why? Mm. Because it's... It's uncomfortable. It's yeah. uncomfortable. You don't. You know they're going to tell you stuff you don't want to hear. I like where you're going. Um, yeah. And and I kind of equate that to maybe seeing me, meeting a financial planner. You you might fear that it's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to hear some stuff you don't want to hear. You're going to hear that oh no I have to make changes or what if I don't have enough money or what if I'm doing the wrong thing. And so I think that's that's kind of the same emotions. Though those same types of emotions that we end up feeling. Um, it's and we base our exactly decisions it. on those feelings versus some data that might be useful for us. Right. That that uh, that is a that was a fantastic way to button up this segment. Good job. Yes. Good job. It's like I say, there she is. That's why she's uh, a sidekick. Anyway, coming up next, we're going to jump into uh, some emails. But before we do emails, we're going to uh, dive a little bit more into the do-it-yourselfer uh, phenomenon. You're listening to the Marcus Warren Show. I've got you. Oh yeah. Under my skin. I've got you. Frank Sinatra Day. Here we are. In the heart of so this song is I've Got You Under My Skin. This song came out in 1956. Okay. I've got you it's just, it's not a voice. So Frank really started kind of becoming popular when he was a little bit older, right? Oh, It wasn't yes, like yes. when he was in his 20s, he was 40s, 50s. Well. When these songs became popular. Because you said 64, the last one, that would have made him 49. Yeah. No. But, I mean, he was, you know, before he had, you know, real, I guess, really big hits. Big hit, yeah. Like, yeah. Been singing. Uh, yeah. In 1915, if you go 30 years, that's 1945. Oh. And then he was an actor uh, too. Yeah. Oh, well, that was after the music. Yeah, oh, okay. He wasn't an actor first. Okay. Yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven was it was a Frank Sinatra. It was a Rat Pack movie. That's the original Ocean's Eleven. Oh. So you're young. What? Yeah. You're you're young. That was you're, a re Is everything a remake? Yes. Everything Most a remake? Most things are remakes. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net and that retirement rescue game plan is going to help you rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatens your nest egg. We're talking about market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. You got to protect your hard-earned money from the IRS. Once again, go to warrenwealth.net and that rescue retirement plan, retirement rescue plan will be delivered free of charge. To your front door. Um, yeah, it's funny that you thought Ocean's Eleven with George Clooney and Brad Pitt was an original. Yeah. No. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> <laughs> because there's nothing original, really, for the most part in Hollywood. No, everything's a yeah, remake. It was initially the Rat Pack movie with wow. Sammy Davis and Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra. Sinatra. And yeah, that's exactly. There you oh go. my goodness gracious. Okay. There you are. All right. So, um, I left off, I was talking about, I got a little passionate, by the way, about um, do-it-yourselfers and a lot of the mistakes that, that they make. And, you know, a lot of, you know, do-it-yourselfers, there, there, there are some that, you know, may have done a good job investing on their own. Um, you know, and when you're in that accumulation phase, because I've talked about the, uh, the retirement mountain um, many a times on this show. And so as you're going up that mountain, that retirement mountain, you are um, in that accumulation phase, right? You are just, you're still working, you're putting money in your uh, retirement accounts, and you're just trying to build up that nest egg. 
You know, and during that time, as long as you are disciplined and diligent, you should do fine because just like I said, over time, um, the market tends to, to move up, right? And a rising tide lifts all boats and the market tends to, to it, it goes up. And so if you're investing for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years as you're working, um, you should be fine if you're, like I said, diligent and disciplined. But then once you hit the peak or the summit of that retirement mountain, that's when things change. And so even if you've done a good job investing on the way up, retirement, once you make that transition from working to retirement, that is a whole different ball game. And it's a complete shift in mindset, or it should be a complete <laughs> uh, shift in your mindset in your retirement planning strategies. You should shift from growing your money, that accumulation phase, to now it's about protecting it because you're going to have to start taking that money. You're going from getting that money from your employer, right, a paycheck every couple of weeks or every month, whatever that may be, to now that stops and now you're responsible for your own paycheck to handle your own bills, you went from that accumulation in that working phase when the main concern was the return on your investment. You wanted to get the biggest rates of return possible. And then it shifts to, now it should shift once you retire, you should still want a good return on your investment, but that's secondary. The main focus should be the return of your investments that you're able to spend it and have it throughout your retirement. And everything you've ever known about investing while you're working up until the point of retirement, it changes. It's now different. And you've got, I think, that you need to have a financial advisor, a financial, we're talking about mountain climbing, right? A financial Sherpa who can guide you through all the things that happen on your way down that retirement Mountain. And by the way, in my book, The Retirement Playbook, I talk about this and I call this phenomenon of going up the mountain and then going down the mountain. I call it the Everest effect. Why? Because you have to be more concerned about going down the mountain. And that's why you need that retirement Sherpa, because 80% of accidents and deaths happen on the way down. Why? Because it's just different. It's a little more dangerous. It's not just about the return on your investments and investment management. Now, as you're going down that retirement mountain, it's not only about investment management, but it's about um, preservation. It's about Social Security. It's about taxes. It's about uh, health care, uh, Medicare. It's about long-term care. It's about estate planning, legacy planning. It's about uh, there's insurance needs. There's so many things that you have to focus on as you're, once you're in retirement and as you're going down uh, that retirement mountain that is a lot more important than what was happening on your way up. And when you try to do those things yourself, if you're that traditional do-it-yourselfer, things are just different. And so even if, so, so for your listeners out there who, even if you've done a good job with your investments and you're about to retire or close to retirement or you're in retirement and you're still thinking that you can uh, manage uh, your money and do it yourself, you know, I would implore you and, and, and challenge you to just take a step back and think about getting an advisor, a planner, somebody who can help you with all the things that are out there. You don't want to hit any blind spots. A lot of times you can be a little too close to your money, uh, too emotional with your money, and you're not making those, those good decisions, especially when it comes to retirement. It reminds me of, of especially people who have company stock, mm-hmm. um, UPS, Ford, uh, Humana, mm-hmm. um, GE, Jesus, GE. Mm. You know, I remember mm-hmm. being a young broker. And those of you who have GE and had it worked for GE and had a bunch of GE stock or most of your money in GE, you know what I'm talking about. I don't, I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to, uh, you know, I'm not going to kick people while they're down. I'm not going to kick, kick people while they're down. Okay, I'm, I'm, good, I'm, good. But, but, but you know what I'm talking about? Those folks who have GE because you're, you were a little too close and you, and we still do find people who have their, that company stock, whether it's Ford or that UPS, which has done very well, by the way, mm-hmm. especially as, especially Ford as of lately. Of course, we, we had the big blip in 2008. Um, but, but UPS, whoo, those UPS employees, they're loving their stocks. They're loving their dividends. And, um, and I'm with them. 
I love the stock. I love the dividends. Um, but if you have most of your eggs in that basket, you might just, you know, and you've been doing it yourself, you might want to, uh, to reconsider at least some of that stuff. Of course, you know, that's, at least that's where I'm coming from. Um, but the do-it-yourselfers, we deal with them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've converted a lot of them. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I just think that, you know, it, it's not a bad idea to look into um, some other options. Yeah. Right. Hey, I'd like to bring this full circle with my doctor analogy. So I thought about yes. something else. Um, uh, you know, we talked about how just one in five uh, people go to annual checkups, uh, meaning that four out of five people probably don't. Um, and, you know, when you go to your annual checkups, you'll hear things like your blood pressure's high. So, um, you know, your, your weight's a little bit high, maybe time to change the diet, maybe time to walk around the neighborhood a little bit more, yeah. you know, or maybe time to take some of these medications or whatever that the case, whatever yeah. the, whatever the situation may be, regardless, you're, you're learning what the problems are and you're making your tweaks along the way. Yep. But because four out of five people don't do that, we're left with kind of an unhealthy group of people right now, right? So yeah. you, you're dealing with those, some of those problems that result from the unhealthy diets and the lack of exercise as you get older. So now there's stuff like heart disease, there's cardiovascular yeah. problems, there's high blood pressure, high blood all, pressure that yeah, all that uh, problem, uh, all those problems. Diabetes, yep. Yep. And I think it's the same, you know, and, and can be the same when it comes to retirement, when you just kind of don't pay attention, don't make those tweaks along the way, or don't even know what tweaks you're supposed to make because you, you know, think you know what you're doing. You're, you're seeing your, your account go up year after year. You think everything is going right. That's you're right. not sure that the, you, or you don't know if there are any tweaks that you're supposed to make. Who knows what sort of down the line problems could pile up as a result of not making those tweaks, not doing those annual checkups, just because you don't know. And that's and that's the biggest thing. And 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 you're you're absolutely right, especially because and I said it earlier, um, and I said it you know probably in a more aggressive way than than you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you look at your account values and they're going up, and they've been going up for the last ten to twelve years. So as I'm over huh. here talking about do-it-yourselfers and how. Um, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They, you know, just like I said, they're like, well, wait a minute. All all I've seen is my account values go up for the last 10 years and I've been doing it myself. So why in the heck should I listen to you, Marcus or anybody else? And you know, the fact is, it's just like you're saying, it's just one of those things where, Hey, I'm okay. I feel, I feel okay. My accounts are, are, are going up and I'm just afraid because I know that, like I said, a rising tide lifts all boats is that eventually the correction comes and it's that sequence of return risk that I talk about uh, in the events that, um, that I do um, where that sequence of return is, it's not so much about, you know, the market moving up and up and up. It's, you know, or the market even going down. It's when the market corrects and it happens. And if it happens in the right before you retire, you can be screwed if it happens two years out of retirement, you can be screwed. And so, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, you may have thought you're doing well and then you have, and then you don't make changes. You get complacent. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I haven't gained too much weight. Like right. you're, I'm, <laughs> I'm all right. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I have diabetes, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. then you, and you, and you avoid going to the, the doctor or whatever. And then, yeah. because you know, if you do, maybe something's wrong or maybe some bad news, bad news. <laughs> and so, um, I love that, uh, that analogy that, that, that you threw out there because it's, it, it's, it, it really is so true. And, and there's a lot of parallels between, uh, you know, those, those professions and uh, the way that people feel about mm-hmm. their health or their wealth. Hey, there we go. Good stuff. There you go. We're going to end it there. All right, coming up next, we're going to get into some news you can use and news you can't use. This is the Marcus Warren Show. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. But the fire is so delightful. Since we've no place to go, let it snow. Good old Frank. Of course, this is Let It Snow. Gets us in the uh, Christmas mood. That's right. 12 days away. Uh oh. 
Are you ready, by the way? Of course not. I am not. And I'm in trouble this year because stuff has been slow. Not Amazon. Supply chain short. Really? Well, it's because they have their own supply chain. (laughs) Amazon is usurping everything. Anyway, by the way, this song, Let Us Know. Mm -hmm. Um, Dean Martin, we're talking about the Rat rat Pack. Dean Martin sung this song, too. I think he originally, not originally re- released it, but he sung this song also. Okay. Actually, there's so many iterations of this yes, song. Yes, there are, yeah. But this is Sinatra's version here. Good stuff. I love the Rat Pack. Anyway. Welcome back to the show. The Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net and you'll get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and you'll get access to my webinar entitled Taxes and Retirement. Once again, all you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. That is warrenwealth.net. Put in your information and that game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Now, we are ready for some news you can use. Well, speaking of Amazon taking over the world, Amazon Web Services experienced a major outage on Tuesday this week, brought down many popular websites and services. Some of Amazon's delivery operations ground to a halt. Third-party sellers couldn't ship products. Colleges that rely on the software to host content had to postpone some of their exams. It's finals week. Hey, Um, that was good. Roomba cleaners couldn't be summoned because the Roomba app is run on Amazon Web Services. Whole food orders were canceled. Parts of Amazon's retail operations slowed because the internal apps that they use to scan packages and load uh, delivery routes couldn't be, uh, uh, weren't working. Um, so AWS, Amazon Web Services, it's the leading provider of cloud infrastructure technology yeah, for are. businesses. They control 33% of global cloud infrastructure in the second quarter of 2021, followed by Microsoft, second at 20%, and Google, third at 10%. See, you know, that that's that whole too big to fail, you know, type thing. I mean, they, they control basically a third yes. of this, what is it, cloud computing or mm-hmm. whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, when uh, technology goes wrong, yes, there are huge ripple effects there that are. And can uh, this cut across their second the economy. major outage in less than a year. They experienced so about the first an, one. another outage in, <laughs> uh, in November 2020. Oh, um, well, nothing was popping off then. Yes, so. yeah, nobody cared. <laughs> nobody cared at that point. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of companies impacted Netflix, Disney Plus, Ring, Robinhood, Instacart, Roku, McDonald's. Roku. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice anything. I have Roku and I have. Uh, I think you said, uh, what'd you say? Uh, Netflix, some other Disney, Netflix Plus, Disney Plus, Ring, Ring, Robin Hood. You have Robin Hood? No. Oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it was, a, I think, a, just a, a resolved within maybe four or five hours. So it might not have been uh, during a time when yeah. you would have been impacted by it. That's not going to stop, uh, I'm sure, lawsuits of, hey, I couldn't ship oh, you know, right. 2,000 packages for mm-hmm. whatever. That threw me behind and oh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's oh. it. But hey, that's just, yeah. you know. That's I mean, a lot of time for some of, yeah, and it's a busy time of year, you yeah. know, people uh, trying to sell products during uh, the holiday so, season yeah. or they get a lot of their business during this time of year. Yeah, could be. There you go. What uh, else? Well, it's been another great year for billionaires. Of course. <laughs> After a stellar 2020, when... Uh, when the, isn't it a great year for billionaires? That is, that's true. Yeah. That's true. It's always a good year for billionaires. In 2020, the uh, ultra-rich added $1.9 trillion to their collective wealth. In 2021, they added about $1.6 trillion this year. Um, mm. to- in total, the world's billionaires are worth about $13.6 trillion. Um, that's as of last Friday's market close, up from $12 trillion. Um, when they rang in the new year less than 12 months ago. You know, yes. I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it just, um, you know, brings me to, uh, the pandemic when, um, you know, the billionaires got, they doubled their wealth, Mm -hmm. um, you know, during the pandemic, which, you know, of course, you know, sparked the, the, the calls for, for the, uh, the calls for a, a, a wealth tax. Right. Um, and of course now they're just continuing to, to get richer mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's, it's uh, a growing with, divide between the, the people, the, the very top, yeah, top. The have and the, mm-hmm. and the have nots. And it's just shrinking that, that middle class has basically been decimated and, you know, I don't want to get, you know, too into the weeds on this, but um, that tends to happen all the time. You do have this, 
disparity between rich and poor. And in order to have a thriving middle class, that's something, by the way, that government has to uh, specifically work on through policies and um, uh, uh, legislation, things of that nature to build, you know, a, a middle class. If not, then, you know, things like this happen. And, 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 and with the, the bailouts and, you know, all this money that, that, that's been pumped into the economy, like I was talking about earlier, inflating this, this uh, market and, and Wall Street, what do you see? You see the rich getting richer during the pandemic. And now, once again, this year, they're just uh, printing yeah. money, well, making it rain. You know, by design, that's what capitalism is, right? It's go- That's what capitalism will do. And, and you know, like you brought up government policy. Some people might not be in favor of government policies. <laughs> right. it re- that really is, you know, left unchecked. That's why we have a lot of checks yeah. on these big conglomerations. That's why we have antitrust. Uh, Can't, you know, get too big um, without some legislation coming in to kind of try to tamper that because by design left on its own without any sort of those regulations, it gets, it gets huge divide. Yep. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, let's see. The Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, the Uh chairman, Gary Gensler, he took some aim this week at blank check companies. Crypto, I thought it was going to be crypto. Not yet. Uh, Blank check companies known as SPACs, Special Purpose Acquisition Companies, saying that they provide ordinary investors with incomplete information and insufficient protection against conflicts of interest and fraud. And, you know, SPACs have become kind of big in this last year. Um, Gensler said he wants to level the playing field between traditional IPOs and SPACs, which have exploded. Uh, they account for more so than... So explain to the people, SPAC is... is yes, so is a, a special purpose acquisition company basically works by uh, asking investors to give them money without knowing where that money's going to go specifically quite well, yet. Well, they, well, they, they know it well. You're right, and they also want they, they also are bringing companies. It, it, it's it's the backdoor way of doing it an IPO, right. an, an initial public offering. Yes. So a way it, to a way to bring a company a to, to bring, market to public, without yeah, having public. yeah public. To go through all the regulations. Right. Without having basically <laughs> yes, um, that's basically what Gensler saying here is that SPACs give this <laughs> give this kind of streamlined way to go, get to market without going through the regulations that an IPO has to go through. Yes. Um, and that's caused some. Uh, uh, negative consequences for people who might, you know, not fully understand, you know, we talk about this a lot where people are investing or putting their money into stuff that they don't fully understand. Of course, speculating and gambling. Are, are, are yet another one. Yep. Um, a good example is Nikola Corp, which was uh, an electric vehicle truck company. Uh, They're likely going to have to pay a, a, a loss, a settlement, a $125 million settlement, um, alleging that they made some misleading statements about their mm-hmm. electric truck startup. Of course, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, I'm telling you, I mean, once there's some regulation that, that comes into play um, uh, for some, you know, Wall Street and lawyers and whomever, they start to find ways to u- usurp that, you know yes. what I mean? So you had your IPO and you had to go through, in order to go public, you had to go through those channels. And after years of, you know, massaging the system, bam, we have SPACs where, yes. you know what, hey, we found a easier way right. to go public without having to go through all the regulation. And then, of course, um, you have all these issues and it's, it, it becomes this. And, and after SPACs, there's going to be something else. Yes. You know? So here's a here's another example. Um, recently, Donald Trump said he's starting this new social media company <laughs> that's supposed to go public through SPAC. SPAC. There is basically a company who said, hey, this is likely the the Com- the, the business, the industry we're going to purchase. Yeah. So they're getting uh, money from investors into the SPAC, eventually will invest into the social media company and the all the investor shares that um, Good luck with that. came from the SPAC and basically get transferred to the social media company where that ends up being the share price. Yeah, that, yeah we'll uh, see how that the investors Trump purchase. SPAC works out. We, we shall see. Anyway, That's how it works. <laughs> Thank you for that news you can use. And by the way, if we just left you all with that, that would definitely be enough. But we got to give you more because that's what you want. So we got to drop on you the news that you can't use. Okay, here's an interesting one. Organizers of a beauty contest 
for camels okay. in Saudi Arabia. Hold on, it gets better. Said that 43 animals have been disqualified for receiving uh, lipo or, or Botox treatments, Botox, really. facelifts, and other cosmetic procedures. So we are now hey. uh, pushing unrealistic beauty Expectation standards on camels. onto camels. Hey, I'm you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you what. Hey, everybody, hey, everybody wants to look good. And that's not just, uh, that doesn't stop with us humans, right? It does. I Actually, mean, yes, it no, does. No, obviously it doesn't because camels, you know, want to feel beautiful. And, you know, after a while, as you age, you know, you get, a, you know, get those, those crow's feet, those wrinkles. And, um, you know, a camel, when you're competing in a uh, beauty contest, whether it's uh, Miss America, Miss Universe, or... What, what's this contest called anyway? But it's a camel or, festival, or a month-long Miss, camel festival, or Miss or Mister Camel yeah. festival. Yeah. Hey, you got right. to do what you can do. Yes. Um, you know, and obviously they want natural beauties. They don't want right. plastic beauties. So they disqualified. Yes. All Good. The, they deserved all the it. But it's funny that yes. wow. I'm thinking a major motivation behind some of these procedures uh, was the. Uh, Price tag of sixty-six million dollars for the winning animals breeder. Wait, uh, really? Thinking that probably sixty-six million. Oh, I would be Botox Saudi my Arabia. Up, I'd give them. I'd take them straight to uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah. Uh, Beverly Hills, and right? Mm-hmm. Hook them up with the the best uh, the, uh, those, plastic those surgeons. surgeons. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, get some nip, nips and tucks. Nip and tuck. Mm-hmm. Nip and tuck. Yeah. Nip, nip and hump. Yes. There you go. You would be disqualified, unfortunately. Uh, no, that's only if you get caught. It's got, oh well. There you go. Hmm, it's it's kind of easy to tell when there's well, been some procedures done. You know. Well, no, no, no. If you start off, if you start out small, okay. you don't know what, mm-hmm. what where it messes people up, like the Kim yeah. Kardashians Uh-oh. and the. Don't Megan. start naming people out. Megan Foxes Uh-oh. and uh, Pam Anderson, just no when comment. they just and even uh, you know, bless her, God rest her soul, Joan Rivers. You just once you, there, there's there's a tipping point where you right. just do too many mm-hmm. nips and tucks, and then you just look like Forgot. you've had you've been nipped Mickey and tucked Rourke. a little too much. Yes, Mickey. Yes, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. I mean, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah no he's had else. some procedures done. Oh, he's had plenty of procedures yeah. done. Mm-hmm. But uh, but there you go. Anyway, thank you, D, for Keith that. Uh, no, he has not. Keith Richards has had anything done. <laughs> he might need to look into that. Anyway, <laughs> we all know what the music means. It means that we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week. And take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to The Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.